0: Happy Saturday and welcome to another episode of the Grietentruck Stock Market News. In today's episode, I will quickly summarize Friday's trading day and talk about the Federal Reserve because on Wednesday next week, the Fed will make another rate hike decision. I will also summarize all the economic data that was released this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. The past week was all about earnings season. The market has been mostly focused on the reported earnings and the macroeconomic data was a little bit on the sidelines. Alphabet, Amazon, Meta and Microsoft, all of these big tech companies, have reported earnings that mostly beat expectations. Jim Turney, head of US growth investment at Alliance Bernstein, said to the Financial Times that, quote, the big tech companies are incredibly resilient, far better than predicted, end of quote. Let us take a look at how the major US indexes performed throughout the week. The S&P 500 gained 0.91% throughout the week and finished yesterday's trading day at 4,169.48. The Dow Jones Industrial Average finished in the green with 0.87%, and closed on Friday at 34,098.16. The Nasdaq 100 gained a beautiful 2.05% throughout the week, and finished at 13,245.99. The 10-year Treasury yield was down around 9 basis points on Friday, and fell to 3.437%. And the CBOE VIX volatility index was down 1.27 points at 1576 To give you a better idea of how well the current earnings season has been going so far, just consider these numbers for a second. As of now, more than half of the S&P 500 companies have reported earnings so far and around 80% have been better than expected, according to the Financial Times. That, of course, is putting a lot of upward pressures on the major US indexes. Wednesday next week, we will get another Fed rate hike decision that is is probably the most important event of next week. Expected is another interest rate hike of 25 basis points by the Federal Reserve, and investors will carefully analyze what Jerome Powell, the President of the Federal Reserve, will say during the press conference on Wednesday. Because this very important event will occur next week, I would like to talk a little bit about the Federal Reserve in today's episode. And there is really no better opportunity to do that than on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Throughout this episode, I will refer to some things recently said by renowned economists, including Mohamed el the president of Queen's College. The Federal Reserve at the moment has two main issues. The first issue is they are not anchored to a certain strategy which means that they are dependent on economic data, which is indeed a lagging indicator. The second problem is the framework of the Federal Reserve is built for fixing deficient aggregate demand, but not deficient aggregate supply, which is a problem that we're facing at the moment. The fact that the Fed is not anchored to a strategy creates a lot of volatility in capital markets. Just take a look at the immense fluctuations in the two-year treasury yield. These fluctuations make cash management very hard, and they create other economic implications. Now, I believe that we live in a world of deficient aggregate supply. And um, in my opinion, that is a strategy that the Federal Reserve, or a belief that the Federal Reserve could be anchored to. I will explain to you why I believe that we live in a world of deficient aggregate supply. Consider the following points. Companies are rewiring their supply chains. Economics is becoming increasingly influenced by geopolitical issues. And the labor market is incredibly tight. All of this means that supply is much less elastic than it used to be. However, at the same time. The current economic data shows that consumers are incredibly resilient. Consumer spending is at the strongest level for almost two years. When looking at the most recent earnings reports from companies, we can see that they are still able to pass on much higher prices to consumers without seeing a significant drop in sales volume. These two points indicate a very resilient consumer. Now, you might wonder why the consumers are still so resilient. Now, there are two main reasons for that. The first reason is strong consumer finances have created new spending power for people at the bottom of the income distribution. This, in addition to the distribution of post-pandemic income gains, creates macroeconomic implications that can cause growth and inflation to be stickier than currently anticipated. The second reason why the consumers are so incredibly resilient is the labor market is still very strong. Significant wage gains and an unemployment rate that fell to 3.5% in March continue to sustain those strong consumer finances. And obviously, this tight labor market, this low unemployment rate, these um, strong wage gains allow the consumer to keep spending money and to keep up their record savings this in addition to the supply side issues i have mentioned above creates a situation where we have deficient aggregate supply meaning that obviously that there is this this disequilibrium in the economy where the demand is much higher than supply driving up the prices now obviously the problem is that the federal reserve cannot fix the supply side of the economy so in order to bring supply and demand back in equilibrium they need to slow down the labor market. They need to. The consumer needs to lose some of his or her resilience, so they need to keep rates at a high level for long until the consumer starts to show that they're truly losing um, some of that resilience, which is required in order for inflation to fall back to the 2% target. Now, if the Federal Reserve was anchored to such a belief, to such a belief of deficient aggregate supply, A lot of volatility in capital markets, and especially within fixed income, could be reduced because markets would not be put in a situation where they have to analyze every data point in a world that is full of mixed economic data in order to get a better understanding of what monetary policy of the Federal Reserve could look like. Volatility in markets is not the only problem created by a data-dependent Fed. As I said before, economic data is a lagging indicator. Being too dependent on lagging indicators increases the risk of making a wrong decision about monetary policy. Hence, it is important for the Fed to find a strategy that they can be anchored to in order to avoid being too dependent on every single data point in, like I said, a world full of mixed economic data. Now let us transition a little bit to the meeting of the Federal Reserve next week. What tone do I expect from the Federal Reserve in the upcoming meeting? Well, this week has been another week of mixed economic data. We got a GDP growing slower than expected in the first quarter. It grew by 1.1% instead of the expected 2%. However, as I said before, the data also showed a very resilient consumer. Consumer spending reached the strongest level in almost two years in the first quarter of 2023. However, only looking at March, consumer spending did not increase again. In February, it increased by 0.2% month over month, and in March, it stayed the same. Headline PCE increased by 0.1% compared to a 0.3% increase in February. However, core PCE, a more reliable indicator for underlying inflation, and a very important indicator for the Fed, rose by 0.3% again in March, which is the same increase as in February, so it remains very sticky. Year-on-year core PCE is at an increase of 4.6%. The savings rate of consumers increased to 5.1% in March, up from 4.6% in February. Putting this data together, we can see that the economy is indeed starting to lose some momentum, but inflation remains very sticky and far away from the 2% target of the Fed, and the consumer remains very resilient. The Unemployment Cost Index shows that the labor market remains very tight. Wages and salaries grew by another 1.2% in the first quarter of 2023 compared to a 1% increase during the last three months of 2022. Putting all of this data together, I expect the Fed to still sound relatively hawkish during the next uh, meeting and I would be absolutely shocked if the Fed does not raise interest rates by another 25 basis points next week. Now, last but not least, I'm going to touch upon something Mohamed el said on Bloomberg The Open recently. He believes that earnings have surprised to the upside, which indicates that a certain element of demand still remains very strong, and that is what you should look at. This strength is usually concentrated within the service sector. He believes it is difficult to to extrapolate weakness to the general economy based on earnings. We should look closely at company earnings because companies are giving us a lot of information about what is ahead, including about inflation. He believes that we should be focusing on the service sector and wage growth, which he does not expect to come down soon, which is the problem that arises when inflation is allowed to migrate from a few goods to the service sector. It becomes very sticky and less sensitive to interest rates. Those are certainly very uh, interesting and thought-provoking comments from Mohamed el I'm uh, very excited about next week, and it will be highly interesting to see how hawkish Jerome Powell truly will sound like during the uh, FOMC press conference. And that is it for today's economics and stock market update. I hope you enjoyed today's uh, summary of the trading week and also the summary of economic data and also um, the fact that I kind of touched upon what I expect uh, in the Federal Reserve meeting next week. Of course, the Krippentuck Stock Market News will um, summarize the press conference of Jerome Powell in great detail and also comment on some of the things he uh, he said Now, like I said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Another episode will be released on Monday. Have a great rest of your weekend.